episode 100 of Marriage on a Tightrope. I'm Alan. And I'm Katie. And we're still married. Can you believe it? No. What, is, it a bi- is it a big deal or is this just kind of a numerical, like this is just what happens when you go from 99 to 100? That's right. I think that we put too much pressure on ourselves to make this a really good episode because we haven't recorded it and it's been a month since our last episode came out. I know. And the last episode, the the topic was so charged and kind of an emotional topic and difficult for a lot of people that hopefully no one no one thinks out there like, are they okay? Are we okay? Are we okay? I think so. <laughs> I'm not convinced. <laughs> I do have a soundbite from the very first episode that maybe we should play. Yeah, and I think that that is where we decided to go with this episode was let's take a look at the last three years. And this is not, you know, those sitcoms every so often when a sitcom, when the writers don't have any ideas for, for an episode, they'll do like a flashback episode where it's, you know, in Friends, all the people sitting on the couch, and then Joey will say like, oh, remember the time where Rachel did this? And then they'll just play the clip from the previous episode. We don't want this to fully be that, because those are kind of mail-in episodes. And the opposite is true here. We've actually put a lot of thought and effort into what we're going to play, and we're not going to play a lot of clips, just a couple of clips from a few previous episodes. But then also kind of the theme of then versus now, three years ago versus today, We sat down and interviewed a few people that we met very early on. Right. So these couples, within the first six months of us doing the podcast, we met them and they reached out to us. We went to dinner or we met them at a meetup or we talked to them online. And we wanted to just check in with them to see where they are now, where they were then and where they are now. So that was a fun, uh, that was a, those were a fun few phone calls to make. Uh, to talk to them about their journey. And the purpose of doing that, I think, was a couple things. One, we did want to check in with our friends. And two, we wanted to let you know that over the years, especially those of you who have been with us for a while, uh, everyone goes through something different. And the outcomes can be vastly different from anyone else. And we have three different couples with three different, completely different stories. So hopefully you'll enjoy those phone calls as we catch up with them. And maybe a good place to start this entire episode is to play a clip from before we started meeting couples. When we released the very first episode of Marriage on a Tightrope, towards the end, we talked a little bit about, hey, you want to go to dinner? Uh, Katie will make you cookies. I'm, I'm capable of making cookies, but let's be honest, no one wants to eat my cookies. So why don't we go back to that first episode, Katie? Any other introduction to this specific clip? No. All right. I'll be there when water's rising. I'll be we also want to make sure that you know that we are here to talk to you directly. We'd love for you to email us at marriage on a tightrope at gmail.com. You can address that to Katie or to Alan or to both of us. Uh, If you have any questions, if you want to, if you want to just talk, uh, we do live in um, the Salt Lake area. And so if you are in uh, Salt Lake, Utah, I mean, we're married with four children. um, So it may be hard to to organize time sometimes with how busy that can be, but we'd love to meet up uh, as well. If, if uh, you feel that would be helpful. Katie, did you think that the floodgates were going to open when we released that first episode and with that invitation? I don't think I had any idea what exactly people were going to do with the first episode. I seriously thought it would be just kind of this floating cloud 
somewhere out there in podcast land. And then if someone listened to it, great. If someone didn't, that's fine. I actually didn't know Bill Real at the time. I hadn't even heard or listened to Mormon discussions. So I didn't know that there was any type of community there. So, And I had zero interaction with any post-Mormon community. Uh, again, there was no mixed faith community that we knew of. And so I think that it was pretty shocking, the response we got. And as we, I mean, pretty quickly, we received uh, emails, turned in and turning into text messages and invitations to like, hey, we'd love to go to dinner. What do you remember about those first few dinners? Well, I remember that like in the first episode, we wanted to be sort of mysterious. We, we weren't ready to be we like, weren't ready this to be is public. who we are. We didn't right. share our last name. No. I think we assumed that people could figure it out, but we didn't, right. we we just, didn't come out and say it. Right. We didn't want to come out and say, and we didn't have an Instagram. We didn't have a Facebook group. In fact, that didn't come to like a year, a year later. Yeah. And so for a long time, we just were kind of like, well, we're just going to put our stuff out there and fly under the radar. But then those first few um, dinners that we had, the very first two couples we met um, came together and they were friends and we went to dinner with them. And oddly enough, not oddly, but it's just coincidentally enough, we've we've stayed really good friends with those two couples yeah. over the years. In fact, we're going for spring break. We're all going to Oregon right. <laughs> together. Three years later, like the very first couples that we went out with were very close friends with now. There were a few dinners early on. And, and really, I know that this, this feels like a, it is, it, it's a reminisce episode, but there's a few lessons uh, to learn, I think, for us and for everybody listening. But when you open up and you start to meet with other people that are in the same situation, that does something, it does something, it heals because now you're recognizing there are other people uh, in our same situation. And not only are there other people, there are other amazing people Th those first two couples are a really good example. Like we're very close to them because I feel like they, they make me want to be a better person. I'm speaking, I'm thinking of them specifically, like they're really amazing service oriented people that, that really make me feel good. They're so positive. Yeah. But there was a few dinners. Do you remember one dinner specifically that did not go as planned? I think maybe the first few dinners we had went so well that we were just expecting like, Hey, this is just going to roll forward. But there was one dinner specifically that didn't go quite as we had hoped. Right. I think that we were, I'll say this, we were very naive in the beginning. We were naive to think that we were there to help save people's marriages. Right. we're not, that's what, that was a, what was our goal was, oh, you know, we can help you save your marriage. And we weren't therapists and we never claimed to be professionals. But one of the things that we have always thought in our mind is, well, it's working for us and we can model how it can work for other people, which is good and all, except for other people have problems that we've never dealt with. And other people have underlying issues in their marriage that they are can't work out. And then you add a faith crisis on top of it and a transition and so I think in that first year, one thing that we learned that is really important for everyone to know is that, one, your journey doesn't have to look like ours. And two, uh, it's okay if it takes you down a path that you are not expecting. 
and no one should tell you different. And I think that Alan and I were like, you know, hyper, hyper focused on helping couples. And, and then we realized that, you know, it's in their own hands. We can only do so much. And I think that's why I loved um, calling up these these three couples to see where they are now, versus when when they where they were then. Hello, hello. Is this Tiana? Hi, guys. Hi, Preston. Yes. Hey. Oh, it's been so long. How are you guys? Good. Good. Great. We. I can't believe we're at a hundred. It is. It's a hundred. It's crazy. And well, first of all, thanks for letting us call you to do an update. It's been probably two and a half years since we first met you. Black Sheep Cafe. Yeah, it was Black Sheep Cafe. I think you guys came to Alan's show after. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, so fun. That was a great date. <laughs> we thought we would ask for our, our whole audience to hear where were you in your faith journey when you first met us at the restaurant, and then one of you can tell us that, and then the other one can tell us where you are today. Preston was more on the board of like Alan, and I felt like Katie and I were like similar. I was sad, maybe that Preston was going down this road and I, I wanted all the support I could have and I felt like just having another couple that was going through the same thing was just so incredible. <laughs> I just felt so alone. I think so, yeah, for me, I'm remembering that dinner and I was basically to the point where I was out. I I knew that I didn't believe anymore, but we were still living the lifestyle, going to church, doing those things. And we were finally, I would say, getting to a point between Tiana and I that we could feel really comfortable talking about where we were. Uh, That to me was like a big turning point that I think your podcast really gave for us was like, you know, she'd been telling me about this podcast for some time and then one morning I went for a run and, and like listened to your first episode and just realized I need to stop faking this and I need to start just having honest conversations. And I think that while it was really scary for you, Tiana, it was also like, finally, we're not like not talking about this. We're actually confronting it. Yeah, I remember walking away from that date night and thinking, Oh my goodness, I saw a side of my husband that was like so freeing, so open. He was taught like talkative, like immediately because he like wasn't faking it. Yeah, I just felt really excited to have someone to actually talk to about it and that was someone on the same level of us. That is a great description. And it was a really fun night, actually. And you both were very vulnerable in opening up to us. And, you know, we won't go into all of the details of that because there are so many details surrounding just your own story. But so you you just in summary started out like kind of mixed faith with us um, in the similar spaces. And where has it led you? Where are you now? Well, I'll, I'll speak for me and then you talk for you. Uh, so I'm, uh, I would say I've navigated a lot, but I'm somewhat still in the same area where I, I don't believe 
in um, the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints or kind of what I grew up uh, believing in terms of uh, God, the gospel, um, those types of things. But uh, where I've navigated or changed is just starting to like evolve or allow myself to evolve and take in other ways of thinking. So I feel like more than ever, both Tiana and I love reading or listening to books, podcasts, everything and anything that kind of explores, you know, how we can be good humans, be good parents and connect with people and uh, leave the world better than how we came. Yeah, taking <clears throat> taking all the like good things like charity and love and just like all these wonderful things that we learned from the church and just building upon those things that we find important. And well, for you specifically, how oh, would you describe yeah. where you're at now? So I, I'm pretty much in the I don't know, same, same boat. I would say that um, I don't believe in the church as it states that it's the one and only true church, but I really love what good stuff comes from it. The community I, I really love and probably miss a little bit. I think we realized last night that, like, um, when we left, um, I guess I need a lot of validation. And, like, when we left, uh, I left getting validation from a church standpoint, mm. if that makes sense. Yeah, I think that having a religion or a faith community is a really good way to ground you. Yeah. Or anyone, really. Um, or uh, it is a way to feel grounded and feel like you're doing the right thing and feel about your life and now I think that at least we talked about it like last week what what we realized was it was a pretty big shift or paradigm shift to say oh no like now I'm responsible for deciding like yeah. whether or not I'm doing the right thing oh um, and responsible for our kids too like instead of looking so, to yeah. instead of looking to this organization or belief system yeah and in some ways, that that makes you more intentional with with the time and the resources and what you do want to do with them, right? For sure. Yeah. I mean, we get to decide like what's a swear word and what's not. <laughs> you know, right? Like at our at our house, can't is a swear word, and hate is a swear word. <clears throat> Never like absolutes are swear words. Hmm. Um. There's some other ones too, but <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we, we we went through it. It was a. It's been a while now, but uh, maybe two years ago, we went through a whole process where we kind of defined our new family values, and we're always like looking for ways to reinforce those values, either through experiences or through what we're reading with our boys. We have two boys, or anything else. So yeah, definitely forces you to be more intentional. I would say. This is exactly why we wanted to to highlight you guys and the difference between before when we first met and where you are at now. Because I think a lot of times the uh, people that are listening to this uh, sometimes can feel can feel uncomfortable or threatened by couples that started mixed faith and end up with both spouses out. And we love giving you that voice right now to be able to express 
well, this is where we're at and this is what we're doing with our family and, and hopefully the, the, the happiness and healthiness of, of how you're approaching things is shining through. I probably was one of those people that like was super scared. Like I, I couldn't like, I, it was really hard to imagine like how we would survive living in a mixed space. Like I just, I, that was really scary. Well, I think it, I mean, I can't speak for, for you two or yeah. anyone else that's in mixed faith, but I think it is extremely difficult. But like one thing that I tried my absolute hardest to do when I started to come out and be more honest with Tiana about where I was at was to not imply that she needed to come there too. Before we actually announced or really talked to our families or anything, you were, you were the first person yeah. that kind of went down a path of then deciding that you were done and like openly saying it out loud yeah i said it before you did yeah basically but i i was definitely like yeah. the starting Internal. point where i had questions first for sure like it yeah. dated back you know to four or five years before we met you two and then i went through like three or four years of just uh kind of trying to go through the motions and hopefully get my faith back somehow some way i think Preston was actually kind of like caught off guard when i actually said I can't do it anymore. Can't take a swear word. Oh, <laughs> oh you're, you're, you're police. Your kids are your police now, so they know exactly. <laughs> I love it so much. You know, you both have been such a loving, supportive couple, and uh, I just, when I think back to like those early days, I just thought, I just like Alan and I just both think you two are incredible. We have been able to see you a few times after at like some post Mormon meetup things and um, some conferences. And every time we see you, you just radiate so much positivity. And you're obviously being intentional with your time and your marriage and with your kids. And I feel like you're really great, great example of um, how you can transition um, to a to a different journey and do it so well. So just thank you so much for letting us pick your brain and talk to you. And I think that this will resonate for some of our listeners who are now in that space as well. Oh, wow. That's so, such lovely uh, uh, compliments. I know, because so like, I don't know if we would have, I mean, if you guys didn't have that podcast, I don't know wh- what out there would be so incredibly helpful to like, it's okay if you're uh, in a mixed space marriage, like it's okay. Yeah, no, <laughs> like no matter where you're at, yeah. there's a way to navigate this. Yes. And like you guys were the ones who like were the example, like you stayed, I, I mean, I, I, you have stayed multiple marriages, I am sure. Well, yeah, we are we, trying to we, highlight you guys right yeah. now. <laughs> so. Oh, <stop. laughs> We're if we didn't thank you two. I mean, yeah. just giving, uh, giving. Brave uh, enough to start a podcast and be so open about something that like is so hush hush. And like, uh, we're afraid to even tell like a member of our family. And here you guys are just like, just amazing. Yeah. And it, but more than anything, it gave us dialogue to then start to have our own dialogue yeah which was the most important part to the whole thing it's just how do you talk about this what what can you say how how can you do it without threatening 
uh, your relationship, our, our marriage, like the, my biggest fear was I can't not believe because that will mean that my marriage will end. Yeah. And it opened up a way for us to talk through and work through everything. So, so you asked like where we started and where we ended up. Like I, it was definitely like divorce was definitely on my mind before. I didn't know how we could do it to now where I we just we like have a whole new level of like openness and love and like I feel like we're so much better together like oh I feel like our marriage is more authentic or it it it, 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 it mended into a point where it became to feel inauthentic because I wasn't bringing my full self because I no longer believed in something and so we had to find a way to break through and that level of authenticity again. And whether you ended up believing or not, or I didn't, I think that whatever path where we went, it allowed us to start to be open to each other in a more vulnerable way than we ever had been. Yeah. Being open with each other. It doesn't matter where the belief is. It matters that you are showing up as yourself. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Thank you both so much for letting us just call you and and just chit chat and thank you again. Yeah, thank of you. Of course. Whenever COVID is over, we need to go to the Black Sheep again and get dinner <laughs> and go to some more comedy sport. Oh, amen. Let's do it. Make, we'll make a date. Let's do it. Hi, how's it Hi, Mary. How are you? Mary. Good. Hey. Dave is just putting one of our kids back to bed. <laughs> the littlest one. So he'll be here in just a minute. Oh, uh, here's Dave. Hi. Hi, Dave. Hi, Dave. How are you guys doing? Good. How are you? We're good. Long time no chat. I know. It's been a while. It's been a couple of years. It has been. <laughs> Just first of all, thank you so much for doing this. You know, it's we just wanted it to be short and sweet. And, you know, we wanted to ask you, we met you guys a couple years ago, we had you on the podcast and interviewed you. And so we thought we would ask you the question. Uh, remind all of us where you were back then. Were you mixed faith? Or were you both in? And then tell us where you are today in your faith journeys. Back when we talked, we were both physically in. We were still going to LDS Church. I was an active believing member, and Dave was not. And I now am, I'm kind of like, I'm still an active member, and I'm kind of working on the believing part. <laughs> I'm, I have gone through a faith crisis, and I'm still working on it. I'm still figuring out where I'm going to land on that. What about you, Dave? I, I still attend LDS Church uh, as a supportive feature, but we moved right after our uh, interview with you guys. So in our new ward, everybody who wields any power uh, <laughs> knows that I'm not a believing member. I attend uh, a different church a couple times a month, and I'm on the... Uh, financial committee for it and all that jazz. I'm pretty pretty happy and content where I'm at. Dave, what, what church do you attend now? The Church of State. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> uh, the Episcopal Church. What are some of the things you like about that? Can we ask? The music is good. 
they serve wine. I'm just kidding. I shouldn't <laughs> um, Very, very small quantities. So one of the mottos of the Episcopal Church is faith and reason, and so they make a lot of room for people to be um, on the spectrum. Anywhere in the faith spectrum that you might be, there's a home for you there, and they're uh, affirming of uh, people of different uh, sexual orientations and lifestyles, and the main focus there is loving basically everyone, and that's something I need to work on, so I'm there. Well, that was a nice summary. And it, it was. I think most of our, if not all of our listeners can get on board with that. Mary, have you attended with Dave? Yeah, so we, we always do church together. So two she times is, a month. She's super supportive. I believe <laughs> and it. And super So yeah, I go and like a lot of the things that Dave mentioned about the Episcopal Church are things that I like about the Episcopal Church. Yeah. <laughs> um, so we can we can both see some good things about each other's um, faith home and and support each other. So Mary, you mentioned that you're kind of figuring things out right now. I don't even know if this is the right question to ask. Where do you want that to go? Like if you could wave a magic wand and and fix this or change that, like what what do you want to work for you? <laughs> Uh, I I want to just feel as sure and secure about my faith as I did in the past, mm. which I don't know if that's possible. Also, I want to find joy in doing the things that I used to do in the church that right now have a lot of difficult emotions tied up with them. So, yeah, if I could make a wave of magic wands, yeah, just... Go back to where I was two years ago, two and a half years ago. Be happy in my faith, cure in my faith. Mary, something that I really love about both of you is that I think that you've allowed each other to uh, take take this faith journey together, but separately as your husband's, you know, gone to the Episcopal Church and you support him and he's... He supported you in staying in and figuring out your own faith. And I think that it's important for listeners to hear that there is no one way, right way or wrong way to do this because everybody, it's going to look different. This is different than what we've talked to other couples um, in the past about. And I think it's really beautiful that you're trying to find your own way and feel like um, you're secure or sure in that. Does it make you nervous, though, like thinking that may n- never come or that it may be found in a, in, a, in somewhere else than the church? Uh, yeah, um, that's why this is taking me so long. <laughs> yeah. Because <laughs> um, it's uncomfortable work trying to work through this, and so I avoid it a lot of the time. <laughs> um, I So, yeah, I frequently find myself just kind of just doing the bare minimum, talking along, and not really addressing faith issues. And so, yeah, it's taking me some time um, to work through this. And uh, I'm meeting with a counselor, and she's just kind of, gently nudging me to address these things more than I have in the past because it will make me happier. You know, 
ignoring your spiritual life isn't a recipe for happiness, even if there are some difficult things that are part of that spiritual life. So that's where I am at right now. Oh, yeah, I I agree. There's no one way to do this. Like every person that I've talked with in a mixed faith marriage, their story is different. You know, I I have not found one that's just like ours. And, you know, I, 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 that kind of speaks to me of God's acknowledging that we're all individuals. We're all different. There's no, there is no one plan fits all of his children. So for somebody that sometimes ignores the, the faith side and spiritual side of your own journey, you are surely a very committed moderator of our Facebook group. Uh, <laughs> this is a very public acknowledgement and thank you. Cause Mary, for those that don't know, Mary is one has been from the beginning, one of our most active uh, moderators. And the reason why that's important to call out is that, you know, you're taking, especially knowing where you're at right now and where the last few years have been, uh, you're taking it upon yourself to try to make that group a safer place for everybody in every single aspect of their faith journey. So thank you very much for your efforts on that. And I know, Dave, officially you are a moderator too, but let's be honest, Mary does all the work. <laughs> uh, she has a uh, belt that she cuts a notch in every time she deletes a comment. So. <laughs> I can't be scout for her. Not true. Larger than specific faith issues is the aspect of how two people make a marriage work. And... So the reason why I'm able to be so involved in the marriage on a tightrope group is because I see it as trying to help marriages work. And and I largely ignore a lot of the faith issues that are brought up in the group and, and just think about this from a relationship perspective. And sometimes I feel like I give better answers or like better advice in the group than I apply on my own marriage. <laughs> I know that we definitely do that too, Mary. You're not that's, the only one. Yeah, that's true. With Mary and where she's at, how it's kind of up in the air. I mean, I think all of our faith is always evolving, but how do you see your role as her husband right now trying to support her and in, in what she's trying to accomplish with her own faith? Um. You know, I, I take a pretty strong hands-off approach. Uh, that's what she wants me to do. Um, I think it would be hard to be totally unbiased. And so, uh, and I think even if I was, there would be a sense that maybe I wasn't. So I'm pretty hands-off. I'm ready to listen and, and offer support whenever it's asked for. And it is occasionally. Some journeys one must walk alone, I think. And it would be food me to not try to work in on that if that makes sense uh, that does make sense that was wife that was wife that was wise and also the first time that behoove was ever used on a marriage on a tightrope <laughs> episode we need to follow up with you on episode 200 and see where you guys are are going <laughs> we'd love it sounds great thanks so much guys we really Thank appreciate you. it thanks for chatting with us you guys have a good night hello hi nicole Hello, Nicole. Hi, hi, Katie and Alan. <laughs> How are you? So good. Good. Thank you so much for letting us call you. Just remind us, like, where were you when we first met you? 
and then where you are now. Okay. So when I first um, realized I was in a mixed faith marriage, like you, I looked to LDS.org for resources and found nothing and was feeling super frustrated and um, found some different Facebook groups. I think there's like the Believing Spouses group when I started out and I was the believing half of the partnership and my husband was out. I found your podcast a little while later and it was so helpful to me because it was like the first thing that I found that had actual like sound advice and I really loved like all the things you guys said and when you guys uh, first met me like I was very much in the church I was trying to make a go of being in a mixed faith marriage had some real struggles along the way just with my faith community and uh, some doubts were cropping up but I remember early on in one of your podcast episodes you mentioned some things that like were not present in your marriage and why you guys were able to make it work. And I remember thinking, oh, that's not good because some of those things were present in my marriage. And actually, a year ago, almost to the day, we were at a meetup <laughs> at Janice Bangler's house. Do you guys yes. remember that? Oh, yeah. I remember yes, that well. we, yes, we were. I mean, it was like February 29th, so... It's, right? Yeah, it was just, we just passed the year mark, and that was the last meetup mm-hmm. we had before COVID shut everything down. Yeah, exactly. So that night, I'd gone on a date with my husband, and we went to that meetup, and we did some other things. We went to, like, went to get gelato, and anyway, I thought it was a really great night. Like, things at church had been slowly unraveling. Like, I had an incident with my bishop, and I just hadn't given myself permission to explore my doubts. I had decided that night that I was ready to dive into the rabbit hole. But I didn't tell my husband. Well, the next morning, he sat me down and explained that he wanted a divorce which completely floored me. Like, obviously, we had some issues, but the timing was really crazy with it being, like, the day after this meetup. And I was like, hey, uh, I'm about to get on the same page as you because the mixed-faith marriage was a huge source of conflict for us. Mm-hmm. But by that time in our marriage, like, we had so many other things wrong besides the mixed-faith marriage that it was just, like, there was no coming back from it. And so we separated during COVID, which was really crazy because I moved out of our marital home and like trying to set up a house when I couldn't buy basic supplies at the store was pretty stressful. And um, I would say from about March until maybe July, I was in a really dark place because I was alone. My marriage had ended. I had my kids only half the time. I knew nobody. Like, I moved out of my ward. Church was canceled, so I couldn't go and meet people in my new neighborhood. You know, I had kind of like a deep depression that I was in for a while. But I started doing yoga. My yoga studio opened back up in on June 1st. And I went almost every day. And between that and then I also um, joined a community on Facebook called The Unwed. 
And so if any of your listeners are finding themselves like in a situation where their marriages are ending, there's this really great community called Unwed and they have events all over Utah. And I know people were still worried about COVID in the summer of last year, but I think the divorce crowd, like the separated crowd, they were just like, you know what? We are so like needing human contact. Sure. And so, like, I started going to events. Like, it took a lot of courage for me to just go by myself and meet a bunch of people who I had no idea who they were. And they all knew each other. And I could see, like, they were a pretty tight-knit community. And it gave me a lot of hope that I could have, like, a really positive life as a single divorced mom. So, um through them, I've met some amazing, amazing people, and I've actually bumped into some fellow tightropers that <laughs> recognize me from the group. <laughs> <laughs> I, I don't know whether to be happy or... <laughs> no, I think that that's awesome. That's great. And actually, one of the guys that used to be in marriage on a tightrope, uh, so we're having like a triple date tomorrow night and playing like games. Like There we go. Like, we're legit friends now, so it's really fun. Like, every other weekend when we don't have our kids, you know, we, like, get together, and there's always something going on. So just if anyone in their mixed-faith marriage is thinking that that might be the case, like, there is hope on the other side of it. Like, I found a lot of peace with myself. I had to kind of work through my loneliness and some of those emotions, but... I'm, I'm really happy now. Really, really happy. Nicole, you have come such a long way. And I know that we haven't been there for the entire journey, but you have shared some things with us. And I'm so glad to see and hear that you are in a good place and that you are more settled now and that you have found a community to help you and to, um, you know, just be there for you. And I think, I just think that you're amazing. And this is an option for some people. Some people, it doesn't work out. Their marriages don't, don't work out. And I think it's important for people to know that um, they can find happiness on the other side. So we really appreciate you allowing us to call you and just do a little check-in for our episode. Yeah, thank you so much. You guys, have, you were there for me through some hard things. Thank you. You are such a positive, (laughs) you are a positive voice and you are just such an awesome human being. And we just really appreciate your friendship over the years and excited to see what comes um, of the future ahead of you. Okay. Thanks, Katie. Thank you, Alan. Thanks, Nicole. It's really good to hear from you. Okay. Bye-bye. We have met a lot of people. And one of the great things about this community is we've been able to do a lot of reach out with meetups and Facebook and Instagram and then the podcast, of course. And it's all been positive. You know, we, we meet some really amazing humans. And for the most part, we've, we've gotten really good feedback. But there is a downside to recording. Being super public. What do you, what are some of the downsides that you see, Katie? One is 
you know, I think the dynamic of leadership or family listening into your, your podcasts. I'm at the point now where I'm pretty proud of what we've done. And I would, I wouldn't care if anyone listened to it. But I know that people close to us have very strong feelings about things that we say. And that can be really hard for them to uh, process themselves and not feel like they have to tell us why we're wrong or what we're doing is wrong, that sort of thing. Yeah. And that's something that you don't need a podcast in order to feel the adverse effects of being open and and honest. There's there's certainly a, a reality to if you share your story, there's going to be some impacts of it. One of the things I've heard John DeLynn, Natasha Helfer say that we've said a few times is you can't unsay certain things. So if you open up and are open about where you are at with your faith or where your marriage is or your spouse is with their faith, like things can and will change. The, the dynamic of relationships in the family can change. The dynamic of relationships with, with your bishop or stake president or other members of the ward can change. And that, that for sure is a downside. A lot of times you can be delegitimized in the eyes of people that you're very, very close with. In fact, it, it seems like it's more likely, the closer you are with someone, it's more likely that it's more difficult for them than for someone that's just, you know, someone in your neighborhood, some, some neighbor. The closer you are to them, the, uh, the, the reality of that, it hurting them more is, is there because they, they care so much about you. But we hurt people, apparently, because we, um, well, this will be a fun little exercise. So we decided to look up our, our bad ratings on, on oh, Apple Podcasts. Oh, that's right. That's right. And, and just to see why people gave us a, a poor rating. Now, we only have, there's only two poor ratings that I can if see. If you would like to give us a poor Apple review, go ahead and go to the App Store. That's right. One star, please. <laughs> but this, there are, there is one that's a one star and one that's a two star. And I thought it would be fun just to read what, sure, the, let's bad, do it. what the poor rating was about and why. So this one is on April 6th of 2020. And they said, when I first heard about this podcast, I thought it would be great. I'm a lifelong member of the church, and my husband is a non-member. I thought that Katie would be the voice of strength, but as I listen to this, I feel she is one step away from Alan and his path. I think you are trying to find things wrong with the conference to appease him. I think you have anxiety because of him. (laughs) Find mistakes with the authorities in the church so that you, Alan, can point those out to your family so they can be on your side. I had to stop listening. I know this podcast is for some people, but I guess I'm not one of them. Oh. Burn. Burn. Can you empathize at all with where she's well, coming from? She I think or that he? this one is actually, I think this one is related. So I want to read this one as well. Sure. This is the two stars by Coins and Power Ups. Not that you're listening, but uh, from November 23rd. Okay, so only listened to about a dozen or so episodes bounced around a bit, starts well enough with the husband and faith transition in earlier episodes where it felt like it was open and honest. But some of the later episodes, you can feel the condescension in the non-believer's voice. And you notice how the believing wife is slowly compromising standards to accommodate her husband. Latter episodes also started to feel more like the podcast is more about building a business around faith, differing couples, and less about helping people. Ouch! (laughs) 
Wow. Now, before we uh, react to those, I just do want to say if you would like to donate to the Marriage on a Tightrope <laughs> podcast. No, <I'm> just <laughs> oh, my goodness. Okay, so the first with the first comment, um, yeah, I can totally see why people would feel threatened by where I am now. Sure. In the first episodes, I was very worried about what was going to happen with my membership and our marriage and everything. And I, I would say that I'm, I was very TBM in the first episode. I say I am a true blue Mormon. Right. And as time has passed, I don't feel like I have come down. Like, I think that they, they're thinking that I'm coming down to their level, your level. Right. I mean, and, and I understand why, uh, someone in in her position and and where she believes and she did say her husband right I don't want to assume this was the wife her husband okay so she is the believing so anyway I, I I can see why she would feel that way but something that is important in mixed faith marriage is that neither side can put their uh, their side in a position of superiority. And again, I, I think that you're going to look for, you're going to get what you look for. If people are looking for someone who is rigid in their beliefs and who is staying true to the covenant path and holding on to the rod and not deviating from that, and that's what they want in their marriage, you're going to find examples of that. Right. I, apparently, I'm not the example of it, but I think that it actually makes me kind of happy to see that, uh, that there are things that... Uh, as time goes on, become less difficult for me, and that my ideas maybe expand or broaden, and that I've been me. That's the thing, guys. I have been me from episode one. I'm, I haven't pretended to be something that I'm not, and I'm not trying to put on this face of, oh, look at me, I'm still this like super TBM, and everything is amazing. I, I'm not pretending. And so I understand why people would feel saddened, maybe, that after time, I don't really fit <laughs> the mold that they want me to fit, which is okay, because it's for me, it's not for them. And this is our journey. So uh, that's all I'm going to say about that first first comment. And again, this isn't us trying to rebuttal. <laughs> I think it's just funny to read some of these and sort of laugh about why people care so much about where I am in my own journey. And then the second comment <laughs> with the less about helping people and more about advertising. Is that, wasn't that the word? What was the word they used? Yeah. More about building a business. They building said. a business. Okay. So I don't know. Is this the right time to get down to the nitty gritty? Do the nitty gritty. Sure. Okay, so over three years, Alan, how much do you think we've made? <laughs> oh my gosh! I mean, it's probably in three years, it's in the in the five figures, probably. But when when you talk about you know made versus profited, I don't know if the right way to put it. Right? There's revenue and then there's profit. When you think about all the time and uh, money and all the the dinners and meetups and those blossom into real friendships. Yeah. And to be, to be clear, like those are helpful for us, especially at the beginning when we were like, Oh my gosh, we don't know what we're doing. But over time, if you've been listening for a few years, you're likely in a similar situation where things have been getting, things get easier over time. They do. 
And the podcast turned into, or started in a space of, we need these microphones to be our therapist. Right. We need to record. It was helping us. And now we're to a place where the, the, the need for mixed faith based therapy via microphones is much decreased. It, it's not as, as, as a, as acute a need as That's it was right. in the past. But we see how much, this is how I feel, Katie, if, if you feel it any differently, we see how much of a need there is mm-hmm. because you, you've said this recently. I heard you talking to somebody yesterday and you said this, like, we are a pit stop for many couples where all the time there are couples finding themselves in this space and there's not a lot of resources and there's almost zero resources that are church-based that are like put out by the church. And so we honestly feel like we don't want to stop providing a resource, but this may shock you to hear. I mean, yeah, we have four kids and that's busy and I have full-time work (laughs) and I, we literally are taking my lunch hour right now to record and like that. And that's okay. Like these are the choices that we're making. We're not throwing a pity party for ourselves, but I don't feel like it's bad or inappropriate to put value out into the world. And those that want to reciprocate that can reciprocate that either through donations or, and honestly, we don't want to just beg for donations. And hopefully you hear that in the episodes. We don't, but we put together a workshop with a therapist and, and that has very real cost and value. And so it's like, look, if you don't want to donate and you don't want to participate in our workshops or anything else that we offer, that that's completely fine. Like we're, we're not, we're not out here trying to say, we're going to, we're going to make a hundred thousand dollars with this. That's not, this is not a business. <laughs> no, it's, it's, it's really not. This is a service. Right. I mean, if we're going to be honest, the first two years, I don't think we even made any money. I mean, barely. I right. mean, I mean, it was just like donations and that wasn't the purpose. It wasn't. And so it's fine. But if you think like the time that we put into the first two years was probably full-time hours every week. Right. The amount of people that um, reached out to us. And I saw a need and a niche for mixed faith counseling. And we came up with a way to do it with Natasha. And if that puts you off, fine. That's not for you. But don't tell that to the hundred something couples that have been through the program who all have like incredible, amazing things to say about it. Yeah. Coins and what was it? Coins and barbs. I don't remember the name. Whatever. I I just think like, you know, if it's not your cup of tea, that's okay. Right. I'm confident enough to say, because because we've done, done this for a while and we've talked to a lot of people, that we're not for everyone. And that's okay. Katie, every so often we'll get uh, an email from somebody that is only a couple of episodes in. We've probably had a handful of, of emails that, that say, it's just so good to see that Alan still believes in God and still believes in, in Christ's divinity. I wonder why they would say that. Maybe we have a clip of you saying that. It seems as though we wouldn't have just introduced a clip if we didn't. So let's let's go back to the first episode and listen to where I was with my beliefs. I go because it's helpful for me. I still have a faith in, in God and a belief in God and Christ, but it certainly has changed over the last year. I no longer say things like, I know this or I know that. 
I don't think you do know. I, I personally say, I believe, I believe in God. I believe in Christ. I could be wrong. I don't know, but it helps me to, uh, to, to maintain that belief. And if that doesn't impact how I treat others, it's, it is fine for me to, to hold on to that belief. Katie, what is it like to hear those words coming out of my mouth three years ago? I want to know why you stopped believing in God and Jesus Christ. Whoa. Wow. I mean, that's a, uh, that's a big question. I think that that's answered over the course of a number of episodes, but I think the short of it is, you know, it, it turned from what I just said there in, in that little clip there of as long as this belief is still helping me serve others and do well for others, you know, I, I will continue to go. I will continue to believe in episode two, I, I shared an experience about a refugee woman from Africa being reunited with her husband and five sons that she had been separated from for five years. And I just happened to be at the Minneapolis airport to witness that. That was a really big emotional moment for me. And at the time, I still believed. And it, it reemphasized something that I've always felt in my spiritual life, that that we are the ones that God has placed here to make a difference in other people's lives. We can't wait for God to take action. We're the ones that have to take action. And even when I was a believer, I think you can attest to this, like that was my mantra, like we have to do it. So when I saw that, that refugee being reunited with her husband and five sons, when I saw that, that reinforced to me, like, this is, this is the direction that I need to go with my spirituality. Well, if you really zoom in on that belief, at least my belief in that realm, it kind of takes God out of the equation for being responsible uh, for getting things done. And that was probably uh, a good indication of where I was headed as far as the God belief that at first, I remember talking to you, talking to the bishop and stake president about how I don't believe that God intervenes in our lives anymore that I still believe in God, but he he's not actually intervening in our lives because all of a sudden now it didn't make sense for me if if God was saving one person from a stage four cancer diagnosis, what about the 99 that died? And we've had that conversation a few times. So that's a, a, the next crack in my shelf as far as a God belief goes. And if God doesn't intervene, and that this is all not me preaching to the listener or to Katie, this is just inside of my own head. If God isn't intervening in my own mind, it's it's as though he does not exist, and there is no knowing that he does exist. All of that was wrapped up in spiritual experiences I felt earlier in my life that when I went down the rabbit hole proved to be not true. So I didn't trust the methods by which I, quote, knew that God did exist. So that's maybe three minutes worth of how I got there. I'd like to play this clip from the second episode and then just touch on it for 20 seconds because I think that it ties together these common values that we have, even though there's not a God belief present. So let me play that now. I think you read a few books, right? Yeah, I, I read, I didn't finish it, but I read a lot of Jesus the Christ. I focused more on knowing Christ and knowing his teachings during that that time period and, and still focus on that now. The New Testament was 
was awesome. I read through the four gospels a number of times because that's where the actual words of Christ are spoken about. That helped me really try to feel closer to God and Christ by reading his words, by praying. And I think more than anything in my change of study, it was the teachings of Christ were what really touched me of look how loving he is and look how there is no exception to who he will stand up for and love. We've had family home evenings with that topic. So for me, this is a good transition into the remaining active and how it works. Because when that focus for you is, is on becoming a better person through the teachings and example of Christ, that's what you look for when you're going to church. You can find it. Now, this clip from episode two, I'm hoping to tie that together with where I stand to get today, because this really is how I feel. It's before it was service wrapped in a belief in Christ and God, and now it's service not wrapped in that, where I still very strongly believe in doing good. I don't feel I've, I've changed as a person because of my shifting beliefs when it comes to, you know, what priorities I place in life versus uh, then versus now. Um, I still very much value uh, serving others and, and just doing the best that I can. Now, Katie, I, I would love to ask you a question. You've made reference to this a few times, a, a comparison here. We served in the same mission in Barcelona, Spain, and we, before my crisis of faith, before I left the church, we talked a few times about our desire to be mission president and mission president's wife or mission presidents together. Well, I've heard you say a few times that you feel like this podcast is a calling for you. And can you talk about a little bit about what you mean by that statement and where this calling, quote unquote, falls in the other ways that you've served um, in the church? I was telling a friend of mine who was a non-member about how sad I was I wasn't going to be able to serve a mission in the future. And she was the one to point out that our outreach is actually larger than if we would have been mission presidents. And I had never really thought of it that way, of like this as a mission. I always felt like it was a calling. I always felt like it was something that I was being led to do because I'm a pretty... I'm a very private person. I'm extroverted, but I'm private. And so me recording my life in real time as it happens, and then just sending it out to whoever wanted to listen to it is a big deal for me. So the fact that I would put myself out there, I don't feel like I would have if I didn't feel like prompted to do so. And our motivation has always been to help other people but also selfishly to talk through all of our problems in front of a microphone. And for some reason that has really helped a lot. Um, I, as far as a calling goes, there are a lot of callings that I've really, really loved. And I think the big difference with that is that I've been able to form and make really good friendships within my own community and my neighborhood and my, my ward. And that's, extremely beneficial to me on a daily basis because those are the kids that my kids play with. It's, it's the people that I see, it's the people that I serve. Right. But um, having this larger community has given me 
much more perspective and empathy and love for everyone, wherever they are in their own faith journeys, and has allowed me to explore my own ideas, my own thoughts about religion and about humanity in general. And I count that as, I guess, it's the the macro versus microeconomics. That would be my 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 large macro view. And I would never have been able to get that without this without this space. Thanks, Katie. What do you see the next hundred episodes looking like? Do we have another hundred episodes <laughs> in us? I think I think that that depends on our listeners. What do you want to hear? Do you want to hear more interviews? Do you want to hear specific topics? Do you want to hear uh, just continuing where our story is going, regardless of where that that takes us? Really, we want to serve you. So we'd love to hear from you. Uh, send us an email, marriageinatightrope at gmail.com. You can email us or you can find us on Facebook or Instagram. You can go to the Facebook page. We have made a lovely, not made it, but the members of the community have made a really great safe space in our Facebook group as well as our moderator. So thank you moderators uh, for you. anyone to come and talk about their problems or ask advice or ask questions. And it has taken quite a bit of a load off of us for people to be able to go there and find friends and to converse with each other. So thank you for anyone who's in the Facebook community that contributes and that continues to ask questions and involve themselves with each other. If you're listening to this, I think we try to hedge our bets and not give advice, but I think our, our parting advice here and our only piece of advice in this episode would be find someone else you can talk to. If you aren't very social, you're introverted and have social anxieties, there are legitimate reasons why that's difficult. There is, for most people, it is so helpful to find another couple that you can talk to. This is a one-way conversation. <laughs> so if you can find that in the Facebook community, there's that mixed faith map. You can go and see people that live close to you and you can reach out to them if they've left their email address or Facebook name or whatever it may be. Find those people, find that level of support. You know, we just finished off our last workshop. And one of the cool things about the workshop is everyone became really good friends because you get to know each other over the six week course. And we started a Marco Polo group. And it is so fun to talk about all things that are related to mixed faith and that are re not related in any way. And it's been really fun to get to know people on a very personal level and see them bond with each other and get together and have date nights and game nights. And I, we just love setting couples up together. It is much, much fun. Thank you all for listening. We hope that this episode was helpful, at least if not nostalgic. And we will get back to the regularly, regularly scheduled program in episodes 101 and beyond. We hope that you have a happy day, a happy marriage. It feels like I'm trying to create a tagline, but I'm not. Let's We're just see that it was better that we grew up together. Tell me you don't want to leave. Cause if change is what you need, you can change right next to me. When you're high, I'll take the lows. You can ebb and I can flow. We'll take it slow and grow as we go. Oh, oh, oh.
گاه 